Well, hey, everyone, when we originally planned this message, we were putting it in our series entitled Deep Tracks. The idea behind that was there are some passages of Scripture that are kind of stuck in the middle of a book of the Bible, and you may never have read it before. Um, the story we're going to look at today is one of those. It's kind of a deep track, but now that this coronavirus concern has come upon us, man, this is a timely story that I'm going to introduce you to today. It's a story about an Old Testament king of the kingdom of Judah by the name of Jehoshaphat who faced a very frightening situation. And he set a marvelous example on how to deal with it. So today, if you're coming into this uh, weekend and you're going, I don't know how to process all this. I get all these mixed messages. Um, some people are telling me this is no big deal. Other people are telling me to stock up on toilet paper. And you don't know how to figure out where we are on this. And it seems frightening. This is a great lesson for all of us today because Jehoshaphat, he showed us exactly how to walk through this. Let's have a word of prayer and we're going to jump right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. It's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. And there are stories like the story of King Jehoshaphat when he was threatened by a huge army coming his way. How he handled this, Lord, is, is a perfect template for us when we're dealing with a frightening situation in many ways in our own lives. And so, God, um, even when we face scary things, we're not afraid because you're going to be with us. And we're grateful for your word to guide us. So today, Lord, I pray you will speak and you'll move me out of the way and you'll encourage us today from the life of an Old Testament king who lived 850 years before Jesus was born. In the name of Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Well, if you're uh, following along on a screen or a computer and you can pull down the app, pull up the app on your phone, the Centerpoint app, I'd tell you there's an outline there and um, also, every scripture that I mention is going to be here on the screen next to me and uh, as we walk through this together. And all the documents we use will be available on our website and a host of places, um, as many places we can put them on social media and other places as well in the comments section. So uh, we'll, if you need uh, connections to that, just let us know. But uh, the first point of my outline is simply this, that King Jehoshaphat showed us how people of faith should respond to a frightening situation. It doesn't matter what it is. Right now, the, I guess the situation of the day is the coronavirus concern. But a year from now or three months from now, it could be something else, a personal health concern. It could be a concern about a neighbor. It could be a concern about finances, anything. Well, what do we do when we face a scary situation? And Jehoshaphat showed us four important things that I want to get to in a little bit. But before I do, let me just read the first part of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, so you can get the gist of where we're going today. There were messengers that came and told King Jehoshaphat, there's a vast army from, from Edom that's marching against you beyond the Dead Sea, and they're already at En Gedi. En Gedi was only um, was less than 100 miles away. And so when Jehoshaphat heard this, he knew there was an army that was close by. And in those days, they didn't travel 100 miles a day. But what they often did was, uh, as they prepared, once they got into enemy, enemy territory, they would harvest all the crops around, get their supplies ready, and then they would come and besiege your palace. And so he knew it wouldn't be long, days and weeks, not months. And so he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting 
after he heard the news, this terrified him, and he begged the Lord for guidance, and then he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting with him. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help, and Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord, and he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You're the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people of Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. And they said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war or plague or famine, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored, and we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear and rescue us. O our God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us, and we don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. I mean, that's the big reason I wanted to go over this story. If you've never heard of Jehoshaphat before, you are hearing about a person who handled a crisis situation exactly right. There are four things he did. First of all, he surrendered his situation to the Lord, and that's what we need to do. We need to surrender our frightening situation to the Lord through fasting and prayer. Fasting is just abstaining from food for a short time or food and drink for a short time and saying, God, I have nothing more important. This is more important than eating to me. I need your help. We did a whole lesson on this a few weeks ago. You can go back in our archives online and find that message. But the idea simply is this, is that Jehoshaphat said, hey, people of Judah, come and pray with me. This is a big burden, and I don't know what to do here about this. We're going to ask the Lord's help because we're in a tough situation. You know, one of the things that's great is, is that before we finish this lesson today, I'm going to be sharing with you eight things that we can pray about regarding the coronavirus. We're actually going to pray through those. And those that'll be available. This list will be available online. You can pray through them again. There's scripture references for each point, And we'll be glad to um, share those with you so you can pray about them any time. But uh, the idea is, is that if you could take even one meal, like dinner tomorrow night or Tuesday night, and as a family or just with a couple of friends, spend some time praying, it would make a huge difference uh, in your life to say, hey, God, this is important to me because I want to pray for my career. I want to pray for my friends. I want to pray for somebody who's elderly and really at high risk in this situation. And just use that time to pray for them and say, God, I, I want to ask your blessings on this. You'll see as we pray through that later on. But in Psalm 55, 22, it says this, Give your burdens to the Lord. He'll take care of you. He won't permit the godly to slip and fall. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, Peter said the same thing. He said, give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. And that's why it's so important to come to God in prayer. So the number one thing is when you and I are facing a scary situation, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. If we don't know what to do, he does. Secondly, We need to praise God for his power, authority, and ability to handle any problem. When you and I come to God, it's always important to begin with praise. That's why even in this worship service today, we had Nick leading us in a couple of songs. If you and I are going to surrender a problem to the Lord, well, we're not surrendering our problem to somebody who might know something about it. We're surrendering to the great God of heaven who knows exactly how to handle it. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Well, of course not. 
And so if you and I are going to come to the Lord, it's always right to begin with praise. While we, Nick was leading us some, in some singing, I had several people shush me. I was standing off to the side over here. They go, they're going to hear you, and you sound terrible. Okay, well, <laughs> I was making a joyful noise to the Lord. I wasn't just, um, I was singing because it's important for me to praise God. It's important for you to praise God. God is bigger than the circumstance we're in right now. He will guide us through the next few weeks and months. He will watch over us, and he'll show us what to do. And we're confident of that because he is the Lord, the God of all mankind, and nothing is too hard for him. My goodness. If we could um, uh, go to the next slide here, please. I want us just to, wherever you are, if you're by yourself or with you, if you're with a group, I'd like for us to read that verse out loud together so we don't forget it. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Man, I hope you remember that. There is nothing too hard for him. Not even this. And that brings us to the third thing that Jehoshaphat did. He also claimed God's promises. He reminded God that God had brought the people of Israel to the promised land, that he had blessed Solomon when he built the temple, and he had told his people, hey, when you stand before this temple and pray to me, I'll hear. And Jehoshaphat said, that's a check I'm going to cash. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Well, there are a lot of promises in the Bible that, don't apply, that didn't just apply to Jehoshaphat. They apply to us, too. Let me give you a couple of them. Psalm 91, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. People ask me, what verses could I pray about regarding coronavirus? Well, this is a good one. Man, Psalm 91, if you look at those verses, ask God for protection. He loves it when we come to him. and He'll show us what to do. Psalm 46.1 is another, another verses 1 and 2. There are a couple other verses I want us to remember. God is our refuge and strength, and he's always ready to help in times of trouble. So we won't fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. I mean, think if we did this, if we just took out when earthquakes come and put when coronavirus comes. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble, so we won't fear when coronavirus comes and the mountains crumble into the sea. Because sometimes it feels like that, especially when we don't know what's going on. And we see a lot of images that are really disturbing from Italy or China or other places where this has really caused a lot of chaos and wreaked a lot of havoc. It's good to know we can turn to the Lord. The Lord promises to always be with us. And the Lord even promises to use hard things in our lives for good. And that brings us to point four. We need to acknowledge our powerlessness and rely on God for help. We need to acknowledge this. I mean, this is exactly what Jehoshaphat did. He said, Lord, I'm bringing my problem to you. I praise you because you can solve problems I can't solve. I'm going to claim the promises I have. And God, I'm going to rely on you because I don't know anything. I'm clueless. And I love it that we can come to God that way. We can come to him and say, God, I don't know what to do. The Apostle Paul wrote, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 1, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we'd never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God. And my goodness, if we could just remember that, that we stopped relying on ourselves and we started and we learned to rely only on God. 
If nothing else comes out of the circumstance we're in right now, this would be a great thing. Sometimes we say, God, just make me happy. God, just make me comfortable. And yet sometimes if we're comfortable, we start relying on ourselves. And we forget to rely on God. And we need him every day, not just in a crisis. And so it's a wonderful thing if we learn to rely upon him more. But as a result, we stop relying on ourselves. We learn to rely on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. And we've placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. When God takes us through difficult circumstances, he challenges us us in a way that our faith isn't just lip service. I mean, it's the real thing. I'm relying on you. So Jehoshaphat gave us a good model to follow. We need to come before God in prayer, acknowledge his greatness, claim his promises, and then rely on him to show us what to do. But then this brings us to point B on the outline that Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, after they prayed, they showed us how to live by faith as the situation played out when God answered their prayer. I mean, what happened next? In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we're reminded by the Apostle Paul, we walk by faith, not by sight. And you're about to see in the rest of this story how the people of Judah did that. They not only prayed, but when God gave them an answer and showed them what to do, they obediently followed him, and they walked by faith. Here's what happened. This is 2 Chronicles 20, verses 13 through 26. After Jehoshaphat had prayed, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children, and their children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there, and his name was Jehaziel. And he said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. I mean, this is, again, focusing on who God is and that he's bigger than any of their problems. Tomorrow, march out against them, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions and then stand still and watch the Lord's victory, for he is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. And early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. They went out to meet this big armed force that was coming against them. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you'll succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. And there was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked God there. The very thing they thought would destroy them turned out to be an amazing blessing because they trusted in the Lord. And so there's five ways we can respond as a people of God after we've prayed and continue to trust in him. So even after we pray today and other things, as we live on tomorrow, the day after that, here are five important things to do. 
first of all, we need to follow the instruction God gives us in answer to our prayers. I mean, Jehoshaphat prayed, and then the Spirit came upon Jehaziel, and they got an out loud answer. Well, you and I may not get an out loud answer to a prophet. It could happen. But we may get an answer in all kinds of wise advice. Listen to what James 1 says. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. Don't waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. And such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I mean, James said, if you ask God for an answer, oh, he'll answer. But he wants you to obey what he tells you to do. And that even happened here with the way we're handling this coronavirus concern. Our elders and myself and our staff, and we've been aware about this just like you are. We've been very concerned and praying about this, discussing what to do. And as this has unfolded, we've been asked seeking God for wisdom, and it became very clear that, hey, if we're going to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, then we don't want to put an extra burden on the healthcare system here. We don't want to all get sick at once. And the best minds, the best medical minds in the world have said, the best thing you can do to slow this virus down and not overwhelm the healthcare system is if you have large group gatherings, just for a while, cancel the in-person part of it and go online so that people can meet in small groups and by themselves. And that way, even when people do get sick, if they do get sick, they won't all be getting sick at one time. And it occurred to all of us, it's like, well, that would be something we could really do to contribute to slowing down this virus. And you'll see churches all across our area doing the same thing, even though there's just a handful of cases of coronavirus that have been confirmed in our area right now. We want to do our part to be good neighbors and love people and treat them as we want to be treated. So the whole reason we're meeting online today isn't out of fear. It's out of love and out of wisdom. Because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a sound mind. And we want to do our part to put our faith into action. That wasn't the answer that I was expecting. I mean, I was, I mean, everything that I've learned in seminary says, hey, when there's a crisis, you get as many people together as you can and you um, give them donuts and coffee and let them feel like everything's normal. And all the epidemiologists said, you do that and you'll spread this thing like wildfire. So at times, I got to trust that when I pray about things, even if things aren't exactly what I would have chosen, or it's not the thing that I would have put as my first choice, i got to trust if this is the way God's leading us, then we're going to follow him. And we've got a great uh, group of leaders, our elders, who are doing exactly that. We're praying and following God, and we're trusting him to guide us, and he is. So I want you to know that's important. When we pray, we need to listen. What is God telling us? And then follow that as best we can. Secondly, we need to encourage each other so we won't be afraid. I mean, this is important. I don't know if you caught it when I was reading this. The Jehaziel fellow, he told people twice, hey, don't be afraid or discouraged. Don't be afraid or discouraged. And King Jehoshaphat, when they got out to the place where the choir was going to go out in front, he said, hey, don't be afraid or discouraged. And that's so important in the weeks ahead here that you and I remind ourselves of this over and over again. God is still on his throne. He'll show us what to do. Listen to a couple of passages here. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. This is an excellent time for us to encourage each other and build each other up in our small groups, even with neighbors in our neighborhood, to encourage each other, not focus on everything that could go wrong, but to focus on the things that are right. Jesus said here on earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows, 
but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus told his disciples that. Could we read that together out loud? And again, I know if you're by yourself, it might seem kind of, if you're by yourself, it's no big deal. Nobody's listening. But anyway, uh, <laughs> if you're at a place where you're willing to read this out loud, I'd love for these words to come from your lips and mine together. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Who said that? Jesus. And his Holy Spirit is inside my heart and yours as believers in Christ. We can trust that he is with us and he has overcome the world. A third scripture I'd remind you of this morning is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If you and I are bound up in fear, I always, every time I get really scared about something, I have to ask myself, now where is this coming from? What drives this? The Holy Spirit says he gives the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, not fear and fretting and anger or worry. So if I'm all balled up in all these things, that's not coming from the Holy Spirit. Now, it might be coming from the concerns of a neighbor. It might be coming from some issues I'm working through somewhere else. But i got to ask myself, hey, God, I want you to give me love and joy and peace. Give me a sound mind on this. Because even if I'm going to face a difficult situation, I don't want to panic and make panic decisions. I want to make wise decisions and think this through. So we need to encourage each other so we won't be afraid. If you see somebody who's panicking, pray with them. makes all the difference in the world. Thirdly, you and I need to worship God in every circumstance. And we talked about how important it was to worship him just a little bit ago, but this can't be overstated. When the problem was there, Jehoshaphat led the people in fasting and prayer, and they worshiped. When they got to the battle lines, Jehoshaphat said, we're going to worship we are so confident in God that we're going to sing his praises. In fact, choir, you get out front. Now, I don't know if they knew that going into the battle. <laughs> I would. I look forward to getting to heaven one day and talking to those people. Did you know you were going to be in front of that? I mean, sopranos, altars, altos, tenors, basses, archers. What? Okay. I mean, <laughs> that would be something that's like, wait, all I have is a hymn book. Yeah, that's good enough. I mean, that's putting your money where your mouth is. And Jehoshaphat said, hey, we are going to praise God because we have no chance of winning this on our own anyway. If he doesn't rescue us, we're toast. We don't know what to do, but he's told us, and the prophet Jehaziel confirmed it, that he was going to rescue us. So we're going to go into this battle praising him. Man. Did people elsewhere in the Bible do that? Oh, yeah, all over the place. This is David, Psalm 34. His crazy father-in-law, Saul, is chasing him trying to kill him. And this is what David writes when he's hiding out, running away from his own father-in-law, who's so insanely jealous he wants him dead. He said, I will praise the Lord at all times. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is how he starts it out. And he says this, I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. I mean, he's praising him while he feels helpless. Constantly, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. I mean, David's saying the best time to praise him is when you're afraid. The best time to praise him is when you don't know what to do. Because, that's, because people who praise God understand 
that when you praise him, you're focusing on the things that are bigger than your problem. And that's God himself. Hmm. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed. And the Lord listened, and he saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard, and he surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. I hope that during the next few weeks, as we go through this coronavirus situation, that you will find lots of great praise songs and put on headphones and listen to them often. It is so important that we get our minds set on him. One of the things the Lord has taught me over the last couple of years is to do that every day. And David's right. I'll praise the Lord at all times. In fact, can we go back to, um, or go to the, yeah, there we go. Can we just read that first line together, please? I will praise the Lord at all times. This is so important now more than ever. When I feel afraid, I'm going to pray to you, Lord. I'm going to praise your name because you're not afraid of anything. When I feel discouraged, Lord, I'm going to praise you because you will give me all the courage I need. When I'm worried and anxious about the future because I don't know the future and I don't know what's going to happen next, I'm going to praise you because you know the future as well as the past. Today is a great day to praise him. Fourthly, we need to trust God to rescue us. I mentioned a little bit ago, I'm putting the choir out front, that's trust. That's, that's trust. For you and me, what it would it look like? Well, if I'm going to trust God, I would go ahead and I'd do the recommendations of what people tell us to do about washing our hands and keeping our distance and coughing into the fold of our elbows and all the other things. We'll do those things, but we face the day without fear. It means getting up in the morning and thanking God for the opportunities, opportunities he's going to provide for us today. Confident that he's going to show us what to do. Confident that when we pray, he hears us. Not balled up in fear and worry or stress. David did that on another occasion. I mean, we just read a little bit ago how he praised God and trusted him in Psalm 34 when he's running from Saul. Well, there's another incident that happened in 1 Samuel 17 where David, as a young boy, as a shepherd boy, was going up against a literal giant and an experienced killer by the name of Goliath, over nine feet tall. And David, the Bible says that the David, David ran at the giant with a slingshot and some stones. And the giant laughed at him and said, come here, boy, I'm going to kill you. And listen how David responded. He said, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin. And they were huge. I mean, this was a big sword and a big spear, big javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And today the Lord will conquer you. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, not with sword and spear, for this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. That's exactly what Jehaziel had told the people of Israel, that this is the Lord's victory, and he's going to win it for you. Now imagine if you and I trusted God that way. I don't know how everything's going to turn out, but God loves me. I don't know how everything's going to turn out, but God is always with me. I don't know the future, but God does. 
I'm trusting him today. That's a good reason for optimism. And when you and I do that, then we'll have peace and we'll be able to focus our energies on the right things and not get balled up on the wrong things. Now, finally, the people of Judah and Josephat, they also thanked God when he rescued and blessed them. I don't know if you caught that, but after these armies all turned on each other, the Israelites didn't have to do a thing. And what happened was, is they went and collected all the plunder, and they even called the place the Valley of Blessing. It wasn't the Valley of a Terrible Disaster, the Valley of Defeat. They called it the Valley of Blessing because they got all this plunder. And they stopped and thanked God. It took them three days to haul it all off. On the fourth day, it became a day of thanksgiving. Paul said in Philippians 4, he said, don't worry about anything. He said, pray about everything. That's what they did. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's so important when we go into any sort of crisis or scary situation to make sure that we not only praise God for who he is, but thank him for what he's already done. Because think about it logically. If I thank God for how he's answered all my prayers in the past and how powerful and how good and how kind he's been to me, and I remind myself of that, well, the Bible tells us that God never changes. Well, if he did all these things in the past and he showed his love for me, he showed his protection, he showed his guidance, he showed his blessing. Well, he doesn't change. He'll do it again. But so many times we forget all the things that God has done for us already. I mean, even today, we can thank God for the Internet. If you're watching this message together with your family, you can thank God for your family. We can thank God for the great medical care we have in this country. We can thank God for experts who are able to warn us and tell us, hey, this is how you can slow down the spread of this disease. We can thank God for a million other things as well. So this is why I wanted us to look at this story. Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah faced an overwhelming enemy, and they didn't know how to solve it. This was a, big, a problem way too big for them. But they acknowledged it, gave it to the Lord, and then praised him and trusted him to deliver them, and he did. And they gave him thanks. So what we're going to do now to kind of wrap up this message today there are eight things we can pray about regarding the coronavirus. I've got a list of those, and again, we'll post those online. If you're following along the sermon notes, they're at the bottom there. But I want to pray about those. But before we pray about any of those eight things, I want to spend just a minute or two giving God thanks. So if you're comfortable where you are, if you're um, at a place here, I would love for you just to be able to pray, as, pray along with me as we go. Will you pray with me, please? Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word that strengthens and empowers me. I can thank you for that today. Lord, I thank you for giving me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can thank you for that today. Lord, I thank you for keeping me in perfect peace when I keep my mind fixed on you. That's a promise from your word. Please help me keep my mind fixed on you and not on my problems. Thank you for making all things work together for good as I place my trust in you. It's another promise. Thank you for enabling me to walk in safety and protecting me even when I walk through difficult and painful circumstances. Thank you for giving your angels charge over me 
to guide me in all my ways. Thank you for blessing me as I come in and go out. Thank you for guiding me to green pastures and still waters. Thank you for giving me wisdom when I don't know what to do. And finally, Lord, thank you for your goodness and mercy that will follow me all the days of my life. Oh, God, we give you thanks. Now, Father, there are eight things we want to pray about regarding the coronavirus. First of all, Lord, we ask that you would give our leaders, our mayor, our governor, our president, and leaders around the world wisdom and cooperation as they battle this virus. Oh, Father, please guide them. Paul told Timothy to pray this way for all the people who are in authority so we could live peaceful and godly lives. And God, I pray for the leaders in this country that will work together, not fight against each other, and that will find the best solutions so that people get the health care they need and so this virus will do the smallest amount of damage it could do. Father, we also ask that you give great wisdom to the medical experts and scientists researching how this disease spreads and how it can be stopped. There are brilliant men and women all over the world who study this virus for years. And Lord, we pray that you would guide them to a vaccine, that you guide them to treatments. Oh, Father, show them what to do. Open their minds to possibilities they may never have considered before. Father, we ask that you would protect doctors and nurses and emergency workers who are going to be treating people with the coronavirus. Protect them. We pray, Lord, that the measures they take to protect themselves, that you would amplify those and you'd keep them safe and healthy so they can help many others. Father, we ask that you would bring healing to those who are already infected and you'd give them a quick recovery time. We ask that you would bring peace and comfort to those who've already lost loved ones. There are many around the world who have. And we ask for your peace and your comfort. We ask also, Lord, if we know someone who's lost someone for any reason, Lord, that you, we could be your hands and your feet to bring comfort wherever possible. Father, we ask that you would bring encouragement and hope and help to those whose employment and income are being threatened by closures and suspensions of travel, suspensions of business. Lord, this is impacting our economy. The ripples go out in many directions. And God, just like Jehoshaphat, we tell you, we don't know what to do about this. And we ask for your blessing. We ask for your protection. We ask for your help. Oh, Father, keep us from panic and fear. No matter what lies ahead in the days to come, we are confident that you are with us. And you didn't give us a spirit of fear. So fill us with courage. Fill us with hope. And grant us peace. And finally, Father, we ask that you would show us ways we can bring others peace and help and joy during these frightening times. Show us how to be good neighbors. Show us how to be good friends. Show us how to care for others. Lord, we're grateful that we can bring all our problems to you. You alone are worthy of our praise. And so we give you praise. 
in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.